today's scripture comes from John 5, 1 through 15. The healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is Aramaic, is called Bethesda, and is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who was this fellow who told you to pick, up, pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped in, away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders it was th that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to those online. Hello to you as well, and uh, we're excited to be in worship here today. Today is uh, a great day to study the Word, as always, and uh, God has something, I hope, useful for us. And maybe today, uh, maybe God will expand our minds just a little bit. And so let us pray together. Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight. O oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this story in John is a story of healing. And of course, as you read the Gospels, there's all sorts of healings that take place. And this story is uh, yet another different one that happens. There's so many things about it that are interesting. But I love this story, but I also am heartbroken at this story. And just real quickly, just real simple again, it's just a man is sitting there and he's been invalid for a long time and, and most of his life. And Jesus walks around and he's sitting there and he goes, hey, do you want to get well? And the man basically says, well, this is a, you know, a, peel, uh, a pool that is that I'm sitting next to. It's known for being holy. If I jump in when it, the water's stirred, there's supposed to be this kind of miraculous thing that happens. But everybody beats me to it. And so Jesus, of course, just says, pick up your mat and walk. Of course, this is the Sabbath, which is a no-no. You don't pick up your mat and walk in those days because that was doing work. And you weren't allowed to do work on the Sabbath. And furthermore, you weren't allowed to do healings, per se, on the Sabbath. And so the Jews, of course, find this man and say, what are you doing carrying your mat? And then the guy says, well, you know, this guy told me to pick up my mat and walk. So I did. And so they say, well, who was it? And he goes, I don't know, just this guy, right? Of course, Jesus finds him later, tells him, hey, stop sinning, man, before you, like, keep something else happens. And then the guy goes, don't miss this, goes back to the Jewish leaders and tells them it was Jesus that did it. Now, this story is unique in many ways, as we're going to get to. But, you know, when I went to school, I don't know about what classes you took, but 
there are classes that you know parenthood did not teach me like I, I don't know there should have been some extra parenting classes that came about in life and uh, I had one of these happen this week you see Kelly and I have been like off and on sick since basically like beginning of December just non-stop like constantly something either it's like a flu thing or like this thing or like coughing thing or like and it just kind of no matter how many tests we take they can't figure it out like it's not COVID it's not the flu it's not this it's not that and so I don't know, we've been just going back and forth and back and forth and of course one of us gets better next one gets it the kids like get it for like half a day and then they're like good and then mom and dad get it for like three days and are wiped out for for a long time and so there's been a lot of days uh where the kids are you know we pick them up bring them home during the work day or whatever you know it's almost about time to get ready for dinner and they look at us and they're like daddy daddy let's play a board game and you're like baby i'm sorry i we can't play a board game like mommy and daddy feel terrible right now we're just trying to make it through the day we got to start cooking dinner here in America like I'm sorry and so there's been so many of these conversations of sort of you know letting down the moment if you will when the kids are excited and of course this has happened a lot with me and so specifically the other day I was reading a you know a little bible book to my my Kinsey wanted to read it with me so we're reading a bible sitting on the chair a bible book and talking about apostle Paul and the healing of his eyes that took place and Kinsey was like you mean he was healed I was like yeah it means you know like Jesus did all sorts of cool healings and try to explain that to her. And she goes, well, that's kind of neat. And I go, yeah. And I was like, you know, like Jesus has this power to do it. And he goes, she's like, well, you've been sick, daddy. Why doesn't Jesus make you better? And you're like, oh, how am I going to explain this to a four-year-old? Like, <laughs> and so, you know, these are the life lessons parenting classes never taught you. You know how you're going to explain this. So, you know, I, I start explaining, well, you know, the Lord sometimes chooses his own time. There's times and reasons why, and sometimes we understand it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes we got to struggle through things. Sometimes the Lord makes natural order happen. Sometimes blah, blah, blah. But God could do it if he wanted to. And so she's like, well, why doesn't he? And I was like, does that make sense, honey? And she goes, no. And I go, Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'll tell you what, let's pray together. So we prayed for daddy to get better. And then after, right after the prayer, she looks at me, you know, with his childlike eyes. And she's like, what, do you feel better? And I was like, well, not yet, honey, but we're going to wait for the Lord to do his good work. It's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. But of course, you know, as we think about that question of why healings for some, why, when, where, what, all those different things, it is hard in the moment, of course, when you're sick to really kind of think through those. And of course, you're praying and especially if you feel really, really sick or something really bad's going on in your life, you're praying. And it's really hard to see past that question, right, of why. Why, Lord, you have the power to fix this. You have the power to do this. Just take care of it. Make it go away. And in those moments, it's really hard to reflect. But in other moments of life where life is slowed down and you have some time to reflect, I thought it'd be good to sort of reflect here and answer that question a little bit, maybe on a deeper scale than sometimes we get to. And so I wanted to point out maybe four different things about why, healings, and specifically this is a theodicy question of kind of like, why do evil things happen and good, you know, if God's so good and all this type of stuff. It's kind of those type of questions that my daughter was asking. And so how do I want to look at maybe four different ways in which God uses different ailments in our life or different struggles in our life or even the problem of evil in our life and how the scripture just wants us to think about it. And so we're going to be looking at some different stories here today. And the first story really is the book of Job altogether. And if you never read the book of Job, in a nutshell, guy has a whole bunch of bad things happen to him. Friends come along, sit with him for a week. Then Job cries out, Lord, what did I do? And the Job, his friends basically say, you're a sinner, repent. And he goes, I didn't do anything. And they go, you're a sinner, repent. And he goes, I didn't do anything. Lord, I plead my case. And the guys go, oh, you're really bad now. You're, oh, you're in big trouble, dude. You need to really repent. And basically, they get to the end of the story, and God finally shows up and, and speaks to Job and the people there. 
and he shows up in a big storm, if you will, and so God shows up, and basically when God shows up, he, he lays out this idea. He says, basically, hey, Job, who put Orion in the star constellation in the sky? Who put the Pleiades where they are? Who made the ostrich run or take care of its young? Did you? Did you do any of that? And he goes on, and God just kind of just asks question after question like this, like, Job, do you comprehend any of this? Did you force any of this to happen? Did any other thing that you wanted to do make sense? Or, like, did you put this in action? And, of course, the answer is no, Job, I didn't, right? And, of course, who did? And it was God. And so God is telling Job in these moments, hey, Job, I got this. But furthermore, in that, there's kind of a deeper understanding of, you know what? So much times in life, too much happens. Things are going to come at us, and we have to trust God through it because we have to trust that God understands. And so when I think about this kind of question, the first thing we got to start off with when we talk about why healings happen and some don't, the first thing you got to admit to yourself is you're not going to understand it all, right? And in fact, the way God responds, instead of just giving Job answers, he just asks a bunch of questions. It gets Job to come to the realization of, Job cries out, you know, I can't comprehend all this, right? Like, you are, your ways are way higher than mine. I can't even understand it. And how I often think about this is my dog. I think in terms of my dogs, because, you know, dogs are fun to grow around. But my dog loves to eat. I don't know if you have a dog, but most dogs I know love to eat. My dog really loves to eat. And, uh, you know, it's got this little dog food bowl. I put dog food in it, and it just eats it and then wonders magically where the food came from, right? It's just a magical bowl that, like, I go into the garage, and I open up this silver. We have, a, like, a garage, like, metal can of where we put the dog food, and I put it in the magical, never-ending bowl of, you know, silver thing, and I bring it out, and it's got food, and it eats, and it eats, and eats until, you know, as it's supposed to. Of course, if I try to sit down and explain to my dog, well, here's personal finances of how this happens. You see, I work a job. My wife works a job. You see, we bring home money. We pay taxes on it. Oh, by the way, then we go to the store, and we buy this. Oh, but it's manufactured over here. Oh, and then it goes to this other place where it's actually put into the container that's shipped to us. We go to the store, buy it, put it in the car, bring it back, put it in there, and it's not magical. It just keeps filling up and, and you know, all this type of stuff. And then, I, you know, if I try to explain all the different things of, like, interest rates and stuff, I mean, like, the dog would never understand, right? It's not made to understand human finances or how in the world the food technically gets on the table. It just knows I take care of it, right? And that's really enough. It knows that the food is there because I take care of the dog. And if I tried my whole life to explain all those complicated relationships and all the things that the dog is not made to understand, it won't. And so in some ways, when Job gets to this part of the book, it reminds us that in some ways we're not made to understand fully, at least not on this side of life. And so there is an acceptance that we have to say, I don't know why, but I'm going to choose to trust in God and trust God's hand in those moments. In some ways, the first answer of why do some things happen or why some people and not other people, we have to be okay with not knowing why, but we need to know that we will get through it because of who we know and whose we are. Now, the second thing, but there's much more to be said than just, well, we don't know anything. There are re revelations in Scripture of God actually explaining some of why sometimes healings don't take place, believe it or not. And one of these actually happens to the Apostle Paul. And actually, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, there's this whole part where Paul's writing, and he says basically these words, God put a thorn in my side. Now, that doesn't sound fun, <laughs> right? It's not a good descriptor, but we think something going on with Paul, obviously, with it, and we can't really describe what it is. He's not talking about a literal thorn, but something is in his life 
that's causing a whole lot of irritation, a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of nonsensical needlessness. And he's prayed, he says in there that he prayed to the Lord three times, take this away from me, right? And you would think, God would say, well, Paul, I kind of need you to go out and preach the word to all these people. See, I'm just going to make life easy for you, make this happen. Instead, God doesn't say that at all. He says, no, 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 Paul, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul starts boasting about it. He says, you know what? I started boasting about my weaknesses because God's power, even though I was weak, God's power was shown through it. And in the midst of that, even being able to do the things that God called me to do because I was kind of hindered, but yet people saw God's power, not my power, working through what I was doing. Now, it is interesting because a lot of people think that maybe what it was was Paul's eyesight and specifically that he was losing it. And how we kind of guess this is if you look at Galatians chapter 6, 11, he writes in there, it specifically says, see what big letters I write with my own hand. And of course, back in those days, there were scribes. They weren't necessarily writing the letters always themselves, but Paul's using a scribe. And basically what this means in this point is Paul literally took the parchment or whatever they were writing on and said, okay, I want you guys to know I'm writing this. And he literally wrote with his own hands, and they were big, huge letters. Not because Paul was illiterate, not because he knew how to write or write short, but because we think it's because Paul was losing his eyesight which, of course, how do you go be apostle and go on voyages and across the world and do all the different things, preaching the word, if you don't have good eyesight? And yet, God's saying, hey, Paul, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so who knows, maybe Paul went around a whole bunch of his voyages not having good eyesight at all, and yet people were moved by the miracles that he worked and the way in which he displayed the power of God. And so the second thing that kind of we have to understand is sometimes God heals or doesn't heal. And part of that is to work through our weakness and to show others that there truly is a power beyond just having things go our way all the time, that we're kind of hard-pressed, if you will, but we don't break down and get destroyed, yet God's power continues to work through us. And we continue not to give up, but we do good works even despite the hurt that we have. And people go, whoa, that's different. The Lord's power must be, there's something that's different about them than the people else I know. And so it reminds us in that story. Another story that's a little bit different, but uh, kind of a similar idea. And so number three would be a story that actually comes also from the book of John. So our, our scripture today comes from the book of John, but this one also comes from the book of John. And it's a quick little story where uh, there's a man that's blind, and the disciples come up to Jesus and they say, hey, who sinned? Because the guy was blind, blind all the way at birth. And the disciples are wondering, hey, Jesus, did this guy sin, or did his parents sin that he was born blind? And of course, the idea that the disciples had bought at this time is that only bad things happen when you sin, right? And so this guy had to have sinned, or his parents had to have sinned, or something should have happened that they did something really wrong, and this bad thing happened to them. And Jesus basically replies in that moment, this happened so that the word of God w might be displayed through him. And in that moment, in that story, of course, Jesus heals the man, and there's this great, it's actually a very long story that goes on when he encounters the Pharisees, but it's this story that shows us that God can sometimes wait to heal till the right time, because God's going to show God's glory to everybody else that's missing out, right? And so sometimes we go through hurt in our life, sometimes we go through pain in our life, or even being sick in our life, because God's waiting for that right time to say now, because in that moment, people wonder how in the world that healing take place. I know many of you know stories, you've been in the church any time, you know these stories of people that were told news from the doctors, hey, you, your numbers, your days are numbered. 
we can almost number them for you. And yet, six months later, nothing illness is found. <laughs> and the doctors go, and the person goes, well, we prayed. <laughs> I know my church people pray. And the doctor goes, well, keep doing it, right? <laughs> like, keep it up, right? Because there are things that happen in life that are unexplainable that even through modern science you go, that shouldn't have happened. Should not have happened. And yet God's work was displayed, and so sometimes people are encountering with that, and God's glory is given at the right time. Now, there is today's scripture from John 5 where, again, I don't want you to miss some of the things that happen. Remember, he heals the guy. The guy gets up, gets in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Jesus finds him later. Remember what he says. He says, hey, good on you. You took it, and you're walking around. Look at you. No, he doesn't say that. He says, hey, stop sinning, or something else is going to happen to you, something else bad. And so this guy actually was literally, the reason why he was sick was partially because he was sinning. There was an actual element of our lives that sin in our life produces death, both spiritually and physically. And so some of the ailments we experience are self-caused. Some of the ailments we experience are really just the natural order of the universe coming back on us for what we, what we sowed, we now reap. But here the, the kind of sadness of this story. Jesus heals the man. Get that. Glory should be given. He should be running around and shouting. He should be running around and telling everybody, this guy did this, this guy did this, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And yet Jesus encounters him, confronts him of his sin, and that's not what he does. He goes back to the Jewish leaders and rats out Jesus. In other words, he basically betrays him. Like, he gives Jesus over in that sense. And instead of, hear this story, God worked and worked a miracle in this man's life, but that miracle didn't produce the fruit of following Jesus Christ. The miracle actually just helped the man stay in sin and not confront his sin and choose the ways of this world. And so sometimes, you know, I think this scripture, one of the things that can remind us is that sometimes maybe God doesn't work in our life because quite honestly, even if he did, we wouldn't actually change. Sometimes God's more concerned about the condition of our heart than maybe the physical ailment we're going through. And sometimes God's more concerned about us confronting our sin than it is about go not going through life through pain. Now, there are many different other things that probably could be shared here today, but I thought four was a good number, so I'll stop at four. But no healing. And the problem maybe with healings is that sometimes the work that God does through those healings doesn't end up giving glory to God. You see, God cares much more for a clean heart and an upright soul than God does about making our life not full of problems. Life isn't always easy. God asks us to trust him, just like Job. God asks us to wait for the right time, just like when he healed that blind man. God asks us to sometimes even work through our weaknesses and our ailments, because God's going to work, show his glory through that, even with our failings and our faults. And yet sometimes, it's our own fault. <laughs> we have to come to terms with our sin before ever we can experience physical healing as well. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we know that so many times bad things happen in our life. And we've talked a lot about illness here today and healings. It really expands much deeper and broader than that. 
And so, God, we remind ourselves this day that, Lord, just like my child who asked me, that makes no sense. God, so many times we have to stare at you and what you do, and we have to admit, Lord, your ways are higher than ours. We can't explain everything, but, Lord, we know that we can trust in you. Just like my dog that knows that bowl will be filled and fed, Lord, you take care of us and give us our every daily bread. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. And God, especially that last story. If the story is that, Lord, we have sin in our life that we refuse to confront, help us, God, be courageous. And even if we're broken, to bring you our lives shattered before you, to surrender them to you, so you can take those broken pieces and put them together, and, Lord, make us whole again. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.